Welcome to Wealth Simplified, your guide to navigating the intricate world of wealth. Whether you're a first-generation wealth creator or a steward to multi-generational wealth, we want to make the complex simple and the vision clear. Join us as we unravel strategies and perspectives behind building, sustaining, and preserving wealth, empowering you with the knowledge and confidence to shape a secure financial future. Let's get to it. The following presentation by Waldron Private Wealth is intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as a receipt of or a substitute for personalized investment advice from Waldron or any other investment professional of your choosing. Please see additional important disclosure at the end of this presentation, a copy of Waldron's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request at www. Hello and welcome back to another episode of What the Finance. I'm Allie and today I am joined with Pat Ellsworth from our investment team and we are going to talk a little bit about the October market update because there are a lot of things going on with the stock markets, the bond markets, interest rates, government shutdown news, economic situations, uh, geopolitical situations. And we thought this would be a really nice episode to take a step back, talk a little bit about what's going on in the markets, um, and then go from there. So Pat, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Allie. Absolutely. So typically, these are just solo episodes on What the Finance, but we wanted to bring Pat on to talk a little bit about this topic. So I think where it would make sense to start is talking with a little bit of a high-level overview of where we are year to date. So, Pat, you want to kick it off with maybe the equity markets, start with the equity markets first, and we'll we'll go down that list? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Um, so I think it's important to think back to how we ended last year, um, you know, as everyone remembers, uh, through 2022, we had uh, elevated levels of inflation and the Federal Reserve increased interest rates pretty substantially in an effort to tamp down that inflation. And that caused equity and bond markets to decline. Uh, going into January of this year, the uh, expectation of interest rate increases began to decelerate. And that allowed the equity market to increase relatively significantly. And that was primarily driven by a very small number of stocks. So if you look at the S&P 500, about seven uh, of the stocks make up about 90% of the return. And so there was a very concentrated market rally through the first, you know, call it half of the year. Uh, Over the last couple months, we've seen the market roll over a bit. And that has been in response to a, a couple of things, you know, the acceleration and inflation, um, the, the, some of the geopolitical conflict that you mentioned, Ali, um, along with, uh, you know, some headlines related to a government shutdown. Um, you know, there was an extension that we, that was agreed to within the last week, but it's likely that that'll be a, a consistent headline going forward and, you know, just continued volatility. Yeah. And when we think about when when Pat says, you know, stock market returns, we, we've kind of rolled over over the last two months. So through the first six to seven months of the year, we saw, as you said, those seven names really drive returns, which is why if you look at something like the NASDAQ index that's primarily tech focused, 
you're going to see really high returns year to date. So if you if you look at QQQ, you're up almost 38% year to date, which is just ridiculous, which is is those, you know, are those tech names driving that up? In reality, we, you know, value diversified portfolios. So looking at those seven names, you're going to see portfolios that have have definitely appreciated, but certainly not to the extent of nearly 40%. If you look at the overall S&P 500, you're looking at something more like 18% year to date. And then backing it down to the ACWI, which I think we kind of focus on, which is the all country indexes, you're looking at about 9% year to date. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and if you take it a step further, if you look at the Russell 2000, which is the the small cap uh, index, that's about flat on the year. And, you know, that is a good indication of what the average stock is doing in the market. And those are companies that are more influenced by uh, borrowing costs. You know, they have less pricing power as it compares to, you know, your Apples and your Amazons of the world. Um, so, you know, if you strip out the the performance of those of those companies, and and you know, by no means are we uh, saying that those companies don't aren't justified in their performance. They're market leaders. Uh, they have really strong business models. They have strong balance sheets. Uh, they're very good at what they do. Uh, but they do they have been dominating the market, and it has you know the vast majority of stocks have not participated this year. And <clears throat> I think uh, what you've seen in the last you know couple months is is some of the uh, run up in those large stocks, you know, coming down to earth a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a year where you're not the old adage rising tide raises all ships. Uh, that's definitely not 2023. Right. Um, so in addition to the equity markets, right, so we're seeing, you know, at least positive performance on the vast majority of equity investments so far this year. But I think specifically over the past two months, there's been even more of a focus on interest rates and bond markets, because I think if we go back to it must have been July or August, um, Jerome Powell essentially said we're going to see another rate hike between when he was speaking and the end of the year. I think that maybe remains to be seen just by looking at where things are pricing. Um, if we looked a little a little bit ago, so one thing that I look at is the CME Fed Watch tool, which tries to project the chance of um, an interest rate increase or remaining the same. And so, if we look at that CME Fed Watch tool um, for the November first Fed rate decision, it's actually pricing in an eighty six percent chance that rates remain unchanged. Um, and then a 72% chance that rates remain unchanged for the December 13th meeting, which is starkly different than what Jerome Powell said. So, Pat, what are your take on where we might see interest rates go the back half of this year and then also into Q1 in 2024? Yeah, it's, it's a very important thing to monitor. Um, you know, I I do, my personal opinion is, is I think we will see, you know, one more rate um, hike b- between now and the end of the year. Um, you know, the, the Fed has been pretty adamant that, you know, in their messaging and, and, you know, I think that their number one goal as they've stated time and time again, is that they want, you know, inflation to be, to be, you know, m- to continue to moderate and to be gotten under control. Um, you know, f- for, for example, the, the events that we saw over the weekend in the Middle East, you know, those, um, 
uh, that presents upside risks to inflation. Uh, you know, there's a, a, a decent likelihood that oil prices are going to be elevated as a result of the continued conflict there. Uh, that'll continue to drive uh, inflation higher, and I think the Fed is laser focused on that. We saw the the jobs report come out last week. It was extremely strong. You know, double the amount of jobs that was anticipated. We did see some continued slowing in wage growth, and and uh, you know some new entrants to the labor market, which I think points to um, the 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 possibility and the likelihood that. The, the labor market is going to start to roll over. You know, wage growth is declining. More people are entering the labor market, which is going to improve the supply-demand uh, imbalance that we've seen that has caused, you know, the, the one of the strangest labor markets we've seen in some time. Um, but all that said, I, I think it's likely the Fed will raise once, once more. But I, I don't think that is the, the, the most important thing to consider. I think the, the, the most important uh, consideration is how long do rates remain elevated for? You know, if they raise another 25 basis points or keep rates as is, that's less relevant than, you know, do rates stay at this level for six months or 12 months or 24 months? Yeah. And I, I remember at the beginning of this year, people were trying to say that we were going to see an interest rate cut by the end of this year. And we certainly didn't see that. And it, it seems like from the where everything is going, it'll be Q3 or Q4 before we actually see an interest rate cut next year. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, that's, uh, you know, m my opinion as well. And, you know, I think there's obviously always the likelihood that if there's if there is some, you know, significant economic stress, the, the Fed is, is you know, going to stand ready to, to cut rates significantly. I think that's what, um, you know, the mar a little bit of what the market is pricing in is the, the small likelihood that something severe occurs. But if, if everything stays steady as she goes, I, I, I don't think we're going to see uh, cuts for, you know, a, 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 you know, at least into the second half of next year. Yeah. So uh, I'm so tired of talking about this word recession because I feel like we've been talking about this word recession for at least 14 months now. You know, uh, last year people said, well, there re it's not technically a recession. We might see one in 2023. Um so far, we haven't seen that. Now people are saying, you know, wait, it's coming, 2024. What are your thoughts on if we actually see a recession or not? I, I still do think that we will see a mild recession. I think, you know, it's it's possible that we're currently in one. Um, you know, apart from the uh, labor market being strong, you know, to, to the point I made earlier, you see some signs that that's going to um, continue to to slow down. Um, you also have, uh, you know, some leading indicators like small business bankruptcies, um, you know, manufacturing activity, uh, th things like that are rolling over. Uh, you know, the, when when the Fed increased rates to the extent they did last year, they did it with the intention of slowing the economy. Um, and it does take some time to work its way through. Uh, one of the things that surprised me the most is the housing market has has stayed pretty hot with mortgage rates being at you know, 15, 20 year highs up at 8%. Um, the, the, we haven't really seen housing prices roll over and, you know, that, that you can, uh, extrapolate that beyond housing prices and into, you know, corporate debt markets and things like that. The economy has been more resilient to increases in rates than, than a lot of people, including myself would have expected. Uh, but I do still think that the, that the impacts of that will be felt, uh, but it's, it's going to take some time. Got it. Got it. 
All right. So I think this was a really, really good recap of everything that has happened so far. Some things that we're looking at for next year. So to just sum it up, here's what I heard. We've got a so far, you know, pretty positive stock market so far for 2023. We're still seeing some pressure in the bond markets with with interest rates increasing, bond prices still declining. So that that's still a little, little bit shaky there. We think probably one more rate hike before 2023 is over and then a potential pause into at least the second half of 2024. Um, the government shutdown and other geopolitical things, those things are just going to happen, right? The As you briefly mentioned earlier, the government shutdown negotiations only negotiated funding through November 17th. So the drama that we just went through a couple of weeks ago is going to occur again in November um, as as our government looks for a more long-term solution to the the budgeting and and deficit spending. So, you know, we've got that on the table. And then going into 2024 will be a presidential election year, which is always fueled with a lot of rhetoric from both sides. But I think the important thing to remember is that, historically speaking, it doesn't necessarily matter which party gets elected from a stock market point of view. You know, you can look at varying Democratic or Republic regimes and the stock market results are going to be mixed. There's no definitive answer to how the stock market may or may not perform depending on what party is in office. Yeah, that, that's exactly correct. Uh, you know, there's a there's a ton of uh, visuals out there that, that state exactly that. Um, you know, over the long run, the market is driven by earnings growth, economic growth. Um, you know, to to a certain degree, it's driven by monetary policy. Uh, but the 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 party that's in power is is irrelevant over a long period of time. Uh, that that being said, the during an election year, you know, we saw this in in 2020. We saw this in 2016. Uh, there is a, a significant potential for headline volatility. Um, you know, the market doesn't like uncertainty and an election by definition is uncertain. Right. So I think next year there will be, um, you know, some 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 choppy waters uh, as it relates to the, the election. Um, but it's important to take a long term view and realize and, and remember that the, that is irrelevant in the long run. Awesome. Pat, thanks so much for joining me today. Um, if you have any uh, questions for us, for me or for Pat, don't hesitate to reach out to us, podcast at waldronpw.com. Until next time. If you're in need of wealth management planning and advice, we'd love to connect with you. You can reach out to us directly at podcast at waldronpw.com. The previous presentation by Waldron Private Wealth was intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as a receipt of or a substitute for personalized investment advice from Waldron or any other investment professional of your choosing. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy or any non-investment-related or planning services, discussion, or content will be profitable, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. Waldron is neither a law firm nor accounting firm, and no portion of its services should be construed as legal or accounting advice. 
No portion of the video content should be construed by a client or prospective client as a guarantee that he or she will experience a certain level of results if Waldron is engaged or continues to be engaged to provide investment advisory services. A copy of Waldron's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at www.waldronprivatewealth.com.